Welcome to the Lion's Tribe. I am Pastor Jimmy Udukoya. I pray this episode blesses you and it reminds you to become the lion that God has called you to be. Be blessed. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you that you will speak to us. We thank you that you are healing, you are touching, you are moving, you are delivering. As we go into a time of your word, we ask, oh God, that you do only what you can do. We decrease, O oh Lord, so you might increase. Take all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Last Thursday, um, someone had come to see me, um, a dear person to me, and she came to see me. And But before I came to church in the morning, God had instructed me to put some money in an envelope, and he asked me to sign it. He said, write the time. So I wrote the time. It was 7.59. I wrote the person's name and I signed the time and I put it in my bag. I had no idea what the conversation was going to be. And then, and then she comes into the office and we're having a conversation because we're catching up. And she's telling me how she'd been going through some financial times and, you know, a bit of a struggle. And she spent a lot of money on this and on that and da 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 I'm listening and I go, oh. So while after we're done, I go to my bag and I bring out the envelope and I say, God said I should give you. And she thought, oh wow. And I said, listen, God asked me to sign the time. I said, look at the time. What time does it say? It says 7:59 in the morning. I said, now it makes sense because if I had given you the money after this conversation, you would have thought. I was being emotional. I was having, hey, yeah, let me help. And knowing the kind of person she was, there's nothing that I would have said that would have convinced her otherwise. But the only way that I I said, look at the time. And she goes, oh, wow. I said, yes. Because before we had this conversation, before you left your house, God who sees, instructed, he said, he said, write her name and sign it with the time. So that she would know that this was not me having pity. This was divine instruction. For somebody here today, divine provision is being made for you. In the name of Jesus. How we would do it, it is not for us to know. But in the month of glorious encounters. I keep hearing it. Creative miracles that will confound anyone who hears it. So shall it be in Jesus' name. So, let's continue. Uh, So, you know, this is the first time in my life. I mean, I preached on Psalm 23 before, but Psalm 23, we've started it and we have not finished it. And God keeps speaking about Psalm 23. So we're still on the good shepherd. Amen? Somebody say the good shepherd. And we started Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Somebody say the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Say to you, begin to hear it inside. The Lord is my shepherd. 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 I shall not 
Who makes you lie down? Your shepherd makes you lie down in green. He's the one that knows your green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. Remember we talked about still waters the last time? Well, not last upper Thursday. Talking about rest. Still rest and entering into rest. Now verse 3 says, He restores my soul. And he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his, whose namesake? For his namesake. And as I began to read it again, I realized something. I realized, because I've always, maybe because I, I know it and I recite it, I just say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me like that great pastures. He leads me inside the still waters. He restores my soul. But I realized that they're not individual sentences, but Verse 1 and 2, verse 3 happens because of verse 1 and 2. What do I mean? Because the Lord is my shepherd, and I do not want, and he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters, because he does all of this, all of this is restoring my So it's because of one and two that we have three. Restoration of my soul comes from the Lord being my shepherd. The Lord being my protection, my direction. The Lord providing, the Lord instructing, the Lord leading, the Lord guiding. Because he makes me lie down in green pastures, something about his presence Because he knows where to lead me and shows me still waters and I enter into rest, then my soul is restored. And then, when I looked at the word soul, it's important to understand that when we speak about soul, we're speaking about the part of man. And just like the Trinity, man is a triune spirit, or triune three in one in terms of we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He created us in his image and likeness. So as there are three sides to one, there are three sides to man. There is your body, there is your soul, and there is your spirit. And I saw it it defined in such a beautiful way and, and I wrote it down. It said, the spirit gives man God consciousness. Your spirit, it gives you God consciousness. It's the ability to fellowship and commune with God. Your soul gives man self-consciousness. The ability to be a person, your personality, that is your soul. And the body gives man world consciousness. The ability to use our senses, to taste, to feel, to touch, to see, to hear. That is our body. And it's important that there is a distinction of the three. And you find this distinction in First Thessalonians when he speaks of it. First Thessalonians 5.23, it says this. 
Put the amplified version, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace, somebody say peace. That's that peace of coming that comes from rest, from him leading you beside the still water. Somebody say peace. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. Somebody say through and through. That is separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose. The God of peace will sanctify you. And his sanctification of peace will purify you. The God of peace, he will use peace to sanctify. You know, when you, there's a certain level of peace that you get where you don't worry about anything. He says this peace will separate you from the vulgar things and it will consecrate you unto him and it will set you apart for his purpose. And listen what it says. And may your spirit and soul and be what? Complete, nothing missing, nothing lacking. Your spirit, the one that communes with God, your soul, your personality, your body, your everything that you need for life. He says, with all of that, will be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the more I began to look at Psalms 1, 2, and 3, I realized that when the psalmist speaks about the Lord being his shepherd, not wanting, making him lie down in green pastures, leading beside the still waters, it was an archetype of what had already existed. He showed me, God showed me very clearly that Psalms 1, 2, 3 was an archetype of Genesis 2. What do you mean, Pastor? Let's go to Genesis 2. I want to show you something. Genesis 2 verse 8, KJV. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in where? Eden. And there he put who? Whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. The tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of good knowledge of good and evil. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He created man and put him in a garden. And created everything that he would need. And made every plant grow. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you see it? Let's continue on. It says this. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and it became four heads. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside the still. Oh, stay with me. Are you still with me? Listen, the river became four heads. The name of the first is Pison. And what is what 
that is which compasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Somebody say good. There is Bedillum and Onyx Stone, and the name of the second river is Gihon. And the same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hiddekel, that is which goeth towards the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took man and put him in the garden to dress and keep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He creates a garden in Eden and puts the man in the garden and makes everything grow. He leads me, he, um, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Everything around him was green. Everything that he would need for life was green. And then he caused a river to spring up and flow. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Are you with me? I began, I was, when God showed me this, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. God, what are you trying to do? He said, look at the meaning of Eden. The meaning of Eden in Hebrew means pleasure. The meaning of the first river, Pison, means increase. The meaning of the second river means, Gihon, means busting forth. (laughs) The meaning of the third river means rapid. And the meaning of the fourth river means fruitfulness. And then he said to me, remember, Eden, river, out of the river, flew into four. And he said to me, Eden, out of his, I put it all together. Remember, Eden means pleasure. Pison means increase. Gihon means busting forth. Hidekel means rapid. And Euphrates means fruitfulness. He said, put it together. Out of his pleasure came increasing busting forth with rapid fruitfulness. Out of his pleasure came increase busting forth with rapid fruitfulness. Now listen, listen, listen. Remember, verse 8 says this, that God put him in Eden. In other words, God put man in his pleasure. Stay with me. Stay with me. God put man in his pleasure. In other words, the original design for man was to be in the pleasure of God. God put man in his pleasure. Now, when you remember that the pleasure of God is found in his presence, how do I know this? Psalm 16 verse 11 says this, Thou will show me the path of life, because in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there is what? Oh, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. So the original plan was for, of God was for man to dwell in the presence of God. He put him in the garden. He put him in his pleasure. And out of his pleasure came busting forth rapid fruitfulness. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, it now began to make sense why the first thing God told man was be fruitful and... Because if you are in my presence, that is in my pleasure, that is busting forth with rapid fruitfulness, you have no choice but to be fruitful. 
You cannot be in the presence of God and experience stagnation. I'm about to shake some tables. You cannot exist in the presence of God. Because if you are in his presence, you are experiencing his pleasure. If you are experiencing his pleasure, you must be bursting forth with rapid fruitfulness. Everything about you must be fruitful. God will not demand of you what he has not placed in you or not created the capacity for you to experience. I cannot demand this microphone to fly. Because the one that created it did not put within it the capacity to fly. But if God looked at man and said, be fruitful and multiply, that means he has given him every, everything that you need for fruitfulness and multiplication is found in my presence. And as long as you are in my presence, you will be bursting forth with rapid fruitfulness. Which is why he didn't just say be fruitful, he said multiply. Addition is slow, multiplication is rapid. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? It now makes sense when he says, be fruitful and multiply. So I began to look at this. When he says, he restored my soul. The word restore in Hebrew means to return. (laughs) To return back to the original. When he says he restores my soul, he says he's returning me back to the original plan and design. Look at this. Genesis 2-7. It says this, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became what? A living soul. If we are returning to the original, that means the original soul of man came from the breath of God. He created man. Then he breathed life, the breath of God into man. It was the breath of God. It was the spirit. The breath is the life-giving spirit of God that he breathed into man. And it was because of the breath of God that man became a living soul to return. So the question now becomes, how do we restore our soul to the original? How do we return it back? We are meant to be in his presence. This soul that we have came when the breath of God breathed into us. I remember we said it came into existence because of the breath and the spirit of God. So how do we return back to the original? John 6, 63 says this. It is the spirit. Put it amplified. John 6, 63, amplified version. It says this, it is who? The spirit who gives what? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit of its own, of its, it is of no account. So in other words, if you have flesh without life, God formed man from the dust of the earth, flesh, and there was nothing. He was clay. He was dust. But until the spirit came and breathed into him, he did not become a living soul. So look at this. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. 
Now listen to the next thing Jesus says. The what? The what? The what? The words that I have spoken to who? The words that I have spoken to you are what? Spirit and life. Providing eternal life. The original design was a soul that came from the spirit of God. He restores. He wants to return back to the original. How do we return our soul to the original form? Jesus says, it is the words that I will give you and the words that I speak to you that are spirit and somebody say the word. Somebody say the word. Put Hebrew 4, 12 to 17. I want to show you something. Hebrew 4, 12 to 17, the amplified version. How do I get my soul to the original version where I dwell in his presence when I am animated by his life that comes from his spirit? He says, it's the word. Somebody say the word. Hebrew 4, 12 to 17, it says this. For the word of God is what? <laughs> Listen. For the word of God is living and active and full of what? Making it operative, energizing, and what? Come on, somebody. These are not just words written in a book. These are not just verses or similes or poetries or compositions put together to make you feel good. He says, no, 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 no. These words, these words are spirit and life. And he says that the word of God is living. It's, it's one thing to be living. It's another thing to be active. You can be living and dull. Oh, somebody's not not talking back to me. It is living and active. That's why when you hear things like, he sent the word. You can only send what is alive. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to get it. He sent the word. But he is not just living. It is living and active. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. He said, the centurion said, I do not need you to come to my house (laughs) because I am a man under authority. I tell a centurion to go. And he goes. A centurion with others does not drag his feet. He does not sleep. He's going somewhere with purpose. Because he has been sent. He says, I tell him to go. And he goes. I tell him to come. And he comes. So you do not need... To come to my house. 
all you have to do is speak the living, active, energizing word. Because when you speak this living, this active, this energizing word, by the time you speak it, I know that my servant will be made whole. In other words, it does not take time. I don't need to leave. That's why Jesus said, hold on. I have never seen such faith. Because he understood something. What is it that you need? Where is it that your soul is dead? What is that thing that has been dead in your life? Beloved, I have a living active energizing word he says the word that I speak to you are spirit and their life the bible says that God appeared to Abraham and said listen I will make you a father of many nations and even though his body was dead there was a living <laughs> Hey! There was a word that was active and energizing that went into his body and all that was dead. He began to reconstruct. He began to recreate because the word that I speak to you are spirit and are life. He says, and Sarah's womb was dead. Oh, but there is a living there is an active, there is an energizing word that even what was dead, as the word entered, she showed up to Mary and said, Mary, favored are you amongst women and you shall conceive a child. You shall conceive a child. You shall conceive a child. And when he spoke the living, the active and energizing word, something happened on the inside. What is that thing that I said cannot be done without the help of man? I serve a God whose word is living, whose word is active, whose word is energizing. And he says, and by this you will know, because this word, I have said it to your cousin. <laughs> and she too has the word on the inside. And so she goes to her cousin, and as they began to conversate, or converse, or have a conversation, she says, I feel something leaping. <laughs> this word is not dull. <laughs> It is energizing and it is active on the inside. But it begins to make sense. I remember Genesis, he says, in the beginning was the word. Hey! In the beginning was the word. And the living, the active, the energizing word was with God. And he takes a step further that says, and this living, energizing, active word was. 
So it begins to make sense when he says that darkness covered the earth and great darkness over the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. And he says, and God said, (laughs) Ah! Who is it that says when God has not said? Who wants to speak when God has spoken? He says, and God said. What did he say? Let's there. It was not a question. It was not a debate or a negotiation. Let's there be light. And as he spoke it, this living, this active, this energizing word it says and this light shines in darkness in an instance it was darkness in an instance it was light and the darkness could not comprehend where the light had come from because you must understand the one that has spoken it he said the wind blows active energizing it comes through and flow active Living, energizing. What is dead in your body? What is dead in your life? I have a word that is living, that is active, that is energizing, that is designed to restore your soul, to bring you back into the presence of God. That's why he says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. We are already at time. I want everyone to stand up on their feet. Whatever it is that is in your life, that has been a concern to you. He says, he sent the word. I dare you to release the active. I dare you to release the living, the energizing word over that situation. Open up your mouth for the next two minutes. Speak the word. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The words that I speak. Over that situation we send the word. We speak the word. We speak the life. Activated. Energizing word of Jesus we put God into the situation we put God in that circumstance it is a catalyst you know what a catalyst is a catalyst is a substance that speeds up a chemical reaction when you you introduce a catalyst into anything it quickens everything right now we put the catalyst of the word into that situation into your business, into your family, concerning your womb, concerning your children, concerning your spouse. We speak it now. 
everything concerning you, the energizing, the active, the living, because his word cannot return to him void. It is impossible because it is living. That's why he must accomplish everything it has been sent to do because he is active. This word does not lose power. It is energizing. And regardless of what the storm is saying, the word is energizing. It does not matter what the situation is saying. It does not lose power. Because it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley because the blood of Jesus who speaks kataba. Ah, he speaks the active, the living, the energizing word. It can never lose its power. So, Father, we thank you. Uh-huh. We thank you because we have released your word. <laughs> and that's all we have to do. Let there be, and there was. Says Abraham believed God. Although his body was dead, he believed God. Because this word, there is nothing this word cannot do. There's nothing this word cannot restore. There is nothing this word cannot retrieve. (laughs) There is nothing that this word cannot restore. He restores my soul. I speak to everything that has plagued your soul. Everything that has been a pain, a bane, a yoke. I speak to that very thing now. And I release the life word of God. The active, living, energizing word of God. Concerning that situation. And I declare that it is done. Because it is not by my power. (laughs) If it was Pastor Jimmy's power, then be worried. But it is not by power, nor is it by might. But it is by the Spirit. The life-giving, animating, active, energizing spirit that it will be done. So we seal it under the blood. The blood that speaks. The blood that speaks. The blood that is always speaking. We seal it under the blood. The blood that cannot lose its power. The blood that is not powered by our own faithfulness. The blood that is not powered by PHCN. The blood that is not powered by our emotions or circumstances. The blood that is not powered by the economy. Because it cannot lose its power. We seal it under the blood. And we say that it is so. For those online, we seal it under the blood. And we say that it is so. 
For those online listening right now, we send the ever-living, active, energizing word to you right now, wherever you may be. There is no distance in the spirit. Right now, even we declare the white, we declare life over you in the name of Jesus, over your family, over your business, over that situation, over your body. We send the word and we say that it is so. In this month of glorious encounters, creative miracles. I keep saying it. In this month of glorious encounters, creative miracles. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. It has not entered into the hearts of man what God will do in you and through you and for you. And we seal it under the living active energizing word and we say that it's so in Jesus name if you believe it say amen if you receive it shout amen if you know that this word is already working on your behalf give God a shout of hallelujah amen 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 for somebody, when you get home, before you get home, and when you get home, your testimony is waiting for you. For somebody, you have been waiting for a call to come through this week. You have been waiting for your phone to ring. We say that that call has already come. In the name of Jesus. For somebody, they had passed you up. They had, they, they had told you that you were not getting the job. But your phone is about to ring. They shall call you and they shall say, there was a mix-up. Actually, the job is yours. Please, when this happens, please come and give your testimonies. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that you were blessed. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know a fellow lion that needs to join the tribe, please be sure, send them this link, share this episode. God bless you.